Ecclesia is a new church trying to live out the way of Jesus in Princeton, New Jersey. We pray this teaching invites you to love Jesus and people more deeply and to embrace the full life that Jesus offers each one of us. Grace and peace to you. My sermon for this Christmas Eve is called Try to Praise the Mutilated World. It's from a poem by a man named Adam Zagajewski. We're so grateful that you've joined us for this Christmas Eve time, whether you're watching with your family, whether you're watching alone in this unique and weird circumstances of 2020. Welcome. We pray that there's a word of peace that meets you, a great joy that will find you wherever you are. And whatever you know of Christmas, we're so used to the cultural images of Christmas. You've got Mary with her somehow pristine, just-born baby. Jesus, who's sleeping like a baby, and she's put him down. She seems like she completely knows exactly what she's doing. Uh, He's laying peacefully in this wonderfully made bed of hay. There's these nice domestic animals that are so docile surrounding the scene as they're all arrayed in a perfect line around this king that's laying in a manger. There's a a light that glimmers from this incredible star. It's all so delightful. And I don't know about you, but when I drive around my neighborhood, especially with the snow that we recently had in New Jersey... And I see the Christmas lights, I see the trees in the windows. It fills my heart with joy. Listen, I am all for Christmas nostalgia. Give me the glowing trees, give me the Clark Griswold houses, give me the roaring fires with the stockings hung above, give me Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. I want all of it. But something, something about 2020 just won't allow for empty sentimentality. Cliché images of Jesus and his precious moments petting zoo just seem kind of out of place in 2020. We've all endured a lot this year. Some of us, if we were able to stop our racing minds for just a moment and focus on the heartbeat and the rate that it's going at, would be stunned at the pace. For others of us, You know the stress, the anxiety that you're keeping in your body in that way that the body keeps the score in your chest or in your shoulder, that persistent headache. And for the others of you, you're mourning, whether it's the loss of your usual Christmas or the loss of someone that's usually around that Christmas table. And wherever you find yourself on this Christmas Eve, I want to invite you to, to immerse yourself in the story anew, to see how God is the God who comes to us in the midst of every situation. Luke, the gospel writer, starts out within those days. As he introduces the Jesus story, he says, in those days. And in saying this phrase, He's not uh, calling to mind a day gone by, some nostalgic past or the fairy tale formula of once upon a time. In those days, grounds the story that will unfold over the course of this Christmas. In a time and a place, in those days, it turns out, are not that different and removed from days that we live in, in these days. 
in those days, in Luke's time, in Mary's time, in the time when Jesus was born, those days were filled with political strife and oppression, inequality and scarcity, a short life expectancy, hand-to-mouth existence. Our own days have brought to the fore a virus that has killed several hundred thousand people in our country and and a people that don't have the collective heart or attention span to even pause and lament in the face of the horror of that number. Our own days have brought an increasing acquiescence in negotiating with the thought of political violence, an ability for people to gather teachers of delusion to tell them exactly what their itching ears want to hear our own days have again held up the mirror to the deep-seated and insidious force of white supremacy and racism, the unrepented of, unatoned for sin upon which so many of our foundations in this country, both literally and figuratively, have been built. In those days, as Luke writes, removes any temptations towards saccharine sentimentality, It wasn't just a world like this one where these events of the Christmas story unfolded. It was this exact world with all of its mess, all of its pain. Adam Zakajewski writes in his poem, The nettles that methodically overgrow, the abandoned homesteads of exiles, you must praise the mutilated world. You watched the stylish yachts and ships. One of them had a long trip ahead of it while salty oblivion awaited others. You've seen the refugees going nowhere. You've heard the executioners sing joyfully. You should praise the mutilated world. In the midst of those days, in the midst of this mutilated world, newness, surprise, even magic were about to break in. An angel appears to shepherds working in the field. These men, these shepherds, were the first century equivalent of essential workers stocking the grocery shelves late into the night, tireless workers doing a job that provides little financial security and even less social status. But the Christmas story is relentless. From Mary, the young, vulnerable peasant girl, to Joseph, the laborer, who it seems like has been cheated on by his fiance, to the shepherds in the field, to the magi who are apparently outsiders to the promises of God, the Christmas story keeps hammering the point home. God, when he comes, when he shows up, doesn't go to the seats of power. He's not born in a palace. He goes to the margins, to the overlooked and the oppressed. The writer Luke goes on in Luke chapter 2, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Good news. Great joy. That is what we all want from our Christmas story, right? And perhaps, perhaps God is saying to us, That the way to this good news, the way to this great joy, is not in spite of all that we are facing, not ignoring it or downplaying it, but seeing how God shows up. God with us, Emmanuel, showing up right in the middle of a world exactly like ours. As the angel makes his announcement, suddenly a praise chorus appears in the heavens. As the angel announcing good news of Christmas in praise and worship, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. 
good news, great joy, peace. The Christmas story is telling us that God doesn't just tolerate the mutilated world. He doesn't try to negotiate with it or dress it up or make it not as bad as it seems. No, upon this world, these kinds of days, streets like this, His favor rests. He brings His peace, His shalom, the place where everything is in its right place. Jesus loves the mutilated world. So much that he would give himself fully and completely to it. Jesus loves the mutilated world so much that he would come not as a conquering king, like Zeus from the heavens hurling lightning bolts, but as a small child, vulnerable and cared for. Jesus loves the mutilated world so much that he would give his body, his blood, his breath to pronounce life, forgiveness, and even judgment. Jesus loves the mutilated world so much that he would not reign from a throne on Mount Olympus, but from a cross on a hill outside of Jerusalem. Jesus loves the mutilated world so much that he doesn't leave it in its wretched state, but he overcomes the world in resurrection, offering his peace once and for all. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, in that poem I referenced just a few minutes ago, on December 25th, 1863, was in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And he heard the bells of the local church triumphantly declaring the good news. It's Christmas. There's hope for the world. Jesus is born. But Longfellow, much like many of us may be feeling today, wasn't feeling triumphalistic. He wasn't feeling sentimental. You see, just two years prior, his wife had died in a tragic accident. The nation that he lived in was embroiled in a vicious and violent civil war, and he had just received news that his son had been wounded in the fighting and was likely paralyzed. And as Longfellow sat on this Christmas day, hearing the bells resounding, as their old familiar carols played, he concluded, in the midst of all the pain that he and those around him were feeling, look at what he writes, and in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. But this despair, on this Christmas day, as Longfellow carries all the weight of his own sorrows, as he, as he sees the collective sorrow that he lives in in the nation that he lives in, this despair does not get the last word. No, only... As he comes to the end of himself, as he stares his anguish in the face, does the deeper and truer song of the bells sing out. The last stanza, Longfellow writes, Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Jesus comes to the mutilated world, not as it should be, but as it is. He is the God of the manger, the God of the mess, and he comes to us still. As Jesus is born, he invites us into this great joy that is for every single person. But this joy is not sentimentality, not slogan, but it is salvation. God with us. There is peace on earth, blessings and favor for all. But you see, it's one thing 
to believe these kinds of big concepts like Jesus loves the world. It's so easy when we say things like that to distance ourselves, even though logically that must have something to do with us. But what I want for you on this Christmas Eve is to see, perhaps for the first time, that the good news of great joy is not for all the people, not just for everybody else over there, it's for you. Maybe this year has been a mess. Maybe you've gotten off track in so many ways. The Christmas story declares to you, God comes right into the middle of the mess, right into the middle of days like these. Christmas is God's announcement of blessing and peace on your life. The only question for us, in the midst of complex days, in the midst when we hear the, the Christmas bells ringing and we carry around the sorrows that we feel, is will we receive him today? God is with us. This is the message of Christmas. This is the message of good news, of great joy for all the people and for you. Would you receive him today? Grace and peace to you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information, please visit www.ecclesianj.com.